0: Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. They do describe themselves as nuns, but perhaps in not quite the way you'd expect. The Sisters of the Valley are headquartered in California. They wear habits uh, and spend most of their time cultivating a cannabis crop that they sell in various CBD products. Sister Kate is the founder of the Order. Afternoon, Sister Kate. Good afternoon, Sean. Uh, now, would you, would you describe yourself as a nun and the, and the people in your community as nuns?
1: Yes. I mean, we live together, work together, pray together uh, and take vows, which
0: qualifies us. Okay. Uh, and so it, is, is it a religious community in that sense?
1: Uh, it is, but that's not really... You know, our practices are that we put our prayer into our work. We put our prayer into what we do. We don't think it's necessary to stop our lives to get on your knees and pray, but we make our medicine making and our work like the natives do like ancient tradition is putting your prayer into your work the the what we do is we organize our lives by the cycles of the moon we organize our medicine making by the cycles of the moon therefore our spiritual practices are also that way the new moons are for the women and the full moons are for the tribe that means every full moon we put on a meal and have a fire circle and have a little ceremony but it's more uh like a native. I guess you'd call it a cross between Native American and maybe sprinkled with a little Wiccan. I don't know, but we do a fire circle ceremony every full moon, and we arrange our medicine making and the testing of our medicine by the cycles of the moon.
0: Okay, all right. So, so-
1: yes, we are we are we are spiritual. We don't claim religious. We're not a religion uh, because we're out to in. We think the gentle way of healing the planet is by women owning more shit, basically. And uh, so we're, we're not a religion and religions are in the business of selling words and we're not selling a dogma or a words. It's
0: just we've wrapped our lifestyle with that kind of spirituality. OK, yeah. And but when you first set up there, when you first moved to California, was it your intention to establish a community like this or? or, or... <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. This totally falls under the stuff happens category. Um, I went through a very bad divorce. I had three teenage kids. My brother was in California, also went through a divorce. I moved here right when the laws were changing. That I had previously been a consultant in deregulating businesses, and I saw cannabis as just another deregulating business. So with my brother, and because uh, the education here in the Central Valley is bad, my brother's boys were failing at school and were stoner gamer kids, I couldn't go back to traveling and consulting and leaving my kids like I did before when I was married. So we started a cannabis collective as a family, and we started delivering it to the sick and dying, and it and that's how, sort of how we got our start.
0: Right. Okay. And and now that the the, the business side of things, uh, how how much has that grown?
1: Well, it grew and then it kind of went it fell during the pandemic. We got hit with like a series of, of, of our own economic disasters. In 2019, everybody in the cannabis business in California, Oregon, Washington lost banking. We survived that. We were without banking for four months, even though we're a cashless business. And then coming out of that, when we had banking again, had say, we were one of the few lucky ones that managed to procure safe banking. The pandemic started and then coming out of the pandemic we had floods and mudslides and we're heavily reliant on our west coast client base so we grew and then we kind of shrunk so we're in the in the process of i think we're still in survival mode and and the story is unwritten if we're going to survive this or not oh as a as a commercial enterprise
0: yeah and and, and yet the but the cannabis you're producing is that just for uh, it's for m- medicinal use
1: yeah i mean yes uh, Everything we grow and everything we make is non-psychoactive. We do. It would be a different game for us if we were doing psychoactive. If we had THC, we would have to be uh, only selling our products through dispensaries, where we sell our products on a website to the world. And until Russia invaded the Ukraine, we were in delivering into Russia, too. So because everything we make is non-psychoactive. It has trace amounts of THC, but we are like one tenth of the limit to be considered hemp so like we're so far away you'd have to eat a whole jar of sav or 20 or drink 20 bottles of our oil to feel anything Mm. that would be anything near to psychoactive i'm not sure it could happen actually because of the low percentage yeah everything we do is considered hemp and we've always just shipped everywhere
0: yeah, now you did mention ba- banking there. Is it still a difficulty for producers of cannabis no matter what, you know, the end result uh, what its end user is to to get help from banks or to get bank accounts? It's a
1: very all? it's a very uh discriminatory environment for anybody in this industry. It's very difficult to get the normal stuff that other people take for granted like liability insurance on your products or or uh, even just simple things like getting uh, business liability insurance on your property. All of those institutional things are kind of out of reach to our industry. They haven't been to us, but we've had to fight and claw our way to get them.
0: My gosh. Yeah. That's it. It's odd. You would have thought, you would have thought the banking world would have kind of uh, yeah. moved with these developments.
1: They all are. Bankers are so risk averse. They take no risk. And if they if they don't think the feds are on board with what you're doing, then they're just not going to play. And insurance companies are the same. And you can't ask for any deep thinking from these people because they're just bureaucrats. (laughs) They push paper.
0: Now, the, the uh, and so the people in your community do they work on the farm as well, or or if if you like, is the business and and the kind of non yeah, part of it uh, they the, separate? The
1: business is, yeah, the business is here on the farm, and the sisters work for the business. And the dream is that we grow more enclaves around the world so that the medicine doesn't have to travel. I mean, we don't like it that we have to burn fossil fuels to get it. Plus. Plastic- We don't like it being handled by customs and we don't like it traveling at all. So the idea would be that we got an enclave going in Ireland. We have one going in New Zealand and we have uh, like we have our first sisters in certain places like Brazil and New Zealand and Sweden. But those are not places where they can do our traditional commerce. They're working on our mushroom coffee, which has no hemp or CBD. Uh, they're working on activism. They're working on filmmaking, but they're they're doing what they can to sprout sisterhoods in their corners of the world. Mexico's actually grown with eight or nine sisters now. and uh, and so that's what our hope is that our medicine is made locally and delivered locally, and it doesn't have to travel. That's the dream
0: right. okay. so but but it's not just the medicine. there's the the activism seems to be a big part of that as well
1: it, we have like a. Uh, like a sort of a guiding trinity of spirituality, activism, and service. So that's like our trinity, where we're we're putting our prayer into our service, into the medicine making, um, and activism is core to what we do as well. So, but we're also trying to create a different kind of lifestyle that is more harmonious with nature and more kind to the people, and has more of its own safety net as the traditional society fails us all. So uh, so we are fluid like we have a young sister here as a novitiate three years ago, but she wanted to leave and go live on campus uh, at a university for two years. And so she left. But then she lived on campus for two years and she's back and she wants to spend her senior year back here with us and, and begin her career, which may or may not be involved with our business. She is working. All the sisters who live here do work for the business. And we have some brothers who work
0: for the business. Mm. So, will w- w- will the sisters be, say, politically? In, I, I, because I assume there's activism in different countries, depending on what the issues are in that place. But, uh, but for you in California, next year, will you be campaigning? For instance, will you insert yourself into that debate about the well, president? ever
1: since we got the grown, ever since we got a grown-up back at the helm, ever since Biden replaced Trump, we haven't been. Uh, incited to do so much protesting as we did during the Trump era. Mm. Uh, and next year, I think our focus is going to be on just getting people to vote and making them understand that their vote matters because there's so much effort on the other side to make people think that it doesn't matter and to get them to stay to not vote.
0: Yes. Uh, um the it could be fairly toxic though, I imagine next year.
1: Yeah, I mean it, what it's America drives me crazy. Like I'm sorry, I lived in the Netherlands for 10 years and they limit the number of months that this campaigning bullshit invades their life. And we know that it's gonna start already by December and we're gonna have a year of shit show attack ads that 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 are really just sort of toxify the air. It's, it's not a cool thing, but uh, we have to do our part to make sure, sure people vote anyway. Otherwise, the bad guys take
0: over. Sister Kate from the Sisters of the Valley, thanks a million for talking to us today.
1: Okay, well, um, bless you and and good luck to all of you. And thank you for having me on your show.
0: Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. with Anna Glaze on News Talk.